Across the Line podcast. I'm Carlos Smith, and I got another special guest today. Uh, he just dropped a new uh, EP called Business Season, and I'm right now with my man, Tevin Thompson. What's going on? Not much. Uh, I want to start off on Troop Dizzle. How did that name come about? Troop is just a nickname. I, like, it had a nickname since I was like 13, 14. But um, I was going by Troop Dizzle, and I, man, I'm, I'm really into underground hip-hop. So, like, I was like, man, I wanted to have a, a name. You know, like everybody got a name, like Notorious, B.I.G., or Biggie Smalls. You know, you got everybody right. got a different name. So, uh, I went by Troop Dillinger at first because I was watching uh, Public Enemy, and I had John Dillinger on it. Yeah. So, and John Dillinger is the reason that the FBI got started. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to go by Troop Dillinger. You know what I mean? And it had to rain for a while, but um, Dizza. The, the letters is actually like the supreme letters. Somebody, uh, I, read, I read about the Wu-Tang, uh, like RZA and Jizza, and I was looking at their names, and RZA means something, and Jizza means something. And Dizza is just like, uh, it's like a higher, a higher vibration of, right. of, of truth, you know what I mean? Like more, uh, more balance in the music, more information, like, because at first I feel like I was scared to say a lot of things. You know, yeah. because it's like you want to feed into this market, but um, Troop Dizzle is just like it's just like the second coming of Troop Dizzle. I'm put it that way. So, so when did you actually start making music? Like, what was the beginning? Oh man, I was I was probably about 14, and I started in Union, and uh, it used to be a studio on Main Street, and uh, TJ Jeter was the guy that was running. Yep. And uh, I remember I used to email him, bro, on on uh, MySpace, and I'd be like, "Hey, can I can I please just let you hear my music? You know what I mean?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would email him all the time. And one day he just told me to come through, and uh, he took me under his wing. And I was in band, so uh, you know, like sometimes you hear a rapper say like sixteen bars or something. So like when I was in band, I learned how to count bars by playing the saxophone. Right. So when I started making music. I broke it down four bars at a time as far as rap because I was in band, so I just figured out how to do all of that. And TJ took me under his wing and he showed me how to record. He showed me how to breathe when I record. He showed me how to write better songs too. Right. Okay. And what's um? I noticed sometimes in your songs you say new gen. What, yeah. What's what's new gen? New gen. Well, new gen nation is just like it's a uh, this team that I have. And new gen is basically like, because a lot of times you have people say old school, new school, that's you know what I mean? But new gen uh, actually means never underestimate gifted, intelligent individuals. And individuals, instead of spelling it with an I, we spell it with an N. Because, okay. you know, being, being unique, just being hip hop, you know what I mean? But um, new gen is basically my team that I want to build up and keep building, you know, and man, it's... Basically, the sky's the limit, man. You just got to stay persistent. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hear all the time. Persistence is the key when I talk to Mr. Floyd, uh, who owns uh, Richie Drive. And he's saying, you know, when you're doing something, persistence yeah. is the key to all of them. Uh, let's let's uh, get into the um, your EP that you dropped. There's a season. It's, it's tough, man. Appreciate it, man. Tough. Appreciate I like... Um, I like... You know, I, when I hit you up, I said, do it. Yeah. That was, that was my favorite track. But... Um, one of the things I want to ask you, uh, another song that you have, um, you said uh, you want the number one spot 
Oh, it was on balance. You yeah. say you want the number one spot, whether it's Yeho, hove three stacks, a big boy. Oh, yeah. You feel like those are the three or the three, four guys that's at the top right now? Or I mean, uh, not necessarily, because I, I feel like those are the guys I was, that I grew up listening to. Right. So um, I feel like they might not be at the top as far as like this generation goes, but as far as like writing songs and writing bars, I feel like they are. Like, I feel like, I feel like three stacks. I feel like three stats doesn't get his uh recognition that he deserves. I don't feel like uh I feel like Kanye, we call him crazy so much that we don't understand the time that he put into it. Yeah, you know, so I I don't feel like we respect the time that he put into it because I I read stories about Kanye doing recording power and they said he, he took a hundred hours to record power and the song only four minutes long. Crazy. So it's, you know what I mean? So it's like all, all of that work going into it. And I, I admire stuff like that. And of course, Jay-Z is like the ultimate businessman, the ultimate rapper. Yeah. But, um, I feel like right now, Kendrick is just like, Kendrick is that guy. Like Kendrick is like the top-notch artist out right yeah, now. Yeah, everybody says Kendrick, Cole, oh, yeah. Drake, yeah. Big Sean. For sure. Um, for me personally, though, man, when I, I actually started listening to him last year, I heard Saha. Oh, yeah, Saha, Saha print. Yeah, yeah. Man, he his his wordplay to me is like some of the crazy, best out. Crazy, I saw, I saw Saha Live like two nights ago, and uh, you know he got an album called No Church on Sundays, yep. and his showmanship, like man, he came out. I ain't gonna say he was dressed like a preacher, man, but he came out in that No Church on Sunday yeah. mode. You know what I mean? So that showmanship, man, you know different things like that. I feel like as artists, man, sometimes you gotta go and watch others be great. You know, like if you if you take it in with that doing, you might be able to. Build something off of you, right. know what I mean? So what do you take from the most part? Like when you say when you go to these shows, what do you look for to mm-hmm. take from them and, and add it to your uh, to your uh, technique? Um, I know a lot of times I look for that energy. Like, okay, I, like I was at Soundbar and I saw a lot of artists and I saw a lot of different ways to perform. You know, like some people, you know, if they don't feel like the crowd is into it, they might get into the crowd. Or right. some people, they might... They might just stick to one side of the crowd because they, they see that this crowd ain't really rocking, so they might just stay right here. But um, a lot of times, I just try to take in everything, like the energy, like how, how they place their songs, man. Like I, I feel like I'm a I'm a music junkie, man. So as far as like the like the placement on albums, the placement on shows, the way they the way they put their shows together and everything, like I just take all that in because I want to be able to do the same thing, like make everything full circle. Right. So you like back to what we were saying earlier, you you think that Cole right now, g- give me your top five right now or your top MCs. Mm. You have a particular order? Uh anyway, no, I'm well not really an order, but I'm gonna say Kendrick. Um I'm gonna definitely say Bit Shine, because Bit Shine don't get yeah. the credit that he deserves. Um Cole, uh Saha, and I'm gonna say Big Crit. Side, yeah, yeah, big, big crit, man. Uh, I need to get on crit more, man. Yeah, I gotta man. get on crit more. Yeah, man. Crit is crit is a real soulful dude, man. Like he's from the south, so it's like he took a lot of. I mean, you know, being him, being even in the upstate, it's the Bible Belt. So right. you know, um, crit crit was in a, the Bible Belt in Mississippi, so it's like a lot of the songs he made is very soulful, very spiritual. You know what I mean? Uplifting, uh, uplifting songs. So. That's that's one reason why I really like Crit. Yeah, I've been on a lot of uh cold lately too. Oh, yeah. A lot of his old stuff like uh Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, the warm up. Yeah, I've been. I, I remember I posted uh 
it's maybe a month or two ago, I put it my my top five with uh, I said Friday Night Lights was number one, mm-hmm. the warm up was number two, then I had uh, Born Center, uh, what was the uh, uh, Four Hills Drive, yeah, and then um, for your eyes on. Oh, I don't even like for you. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I couldn't yeah. get into it. It, it was a cold world. Was my number okay, five. I guess. I guess. Y'all feel like for your eyes only was like. Um, I just couldn't get it. Nah, he he put he he did a lot. Like he played a lot of the instruments on that on that album. And I honestly feel like whenever you trying to do a lot hands on, man, it can go south because like you might you might just feel like oh man I, I want to just lock in on this lock in on this and it might. It might not work, you know what I mean. You might not have people around you that's gonna say, "Hey, this don't work," or "This don't right. work," you know. So, that's different. So, how many? Um, so when you get go um, make a song, you just let your producers just do what they do, like beats, wise. Oh yeah. Um. Well, I sometimes I I just go ahead and buy the beats, but somebody might say, "Hey, man, I got some beats I want you to listen to," you know. So I just I tell them straight up, I don't like that beat, or I, right. I can't I can't see myself on that, or I don't like the way that. I don't like the way that is, and and when I write, <clears throat> excuse me, when I write, um, like I was saying, I take the four bars at a time. So like, when I'm listening to a beat, I might tap my my foot four times just to count one bar, or either I I write it a certain way on the paper so that I know it's just one bar and it's going out with the same. But if I, I might I might write four or five different verses for a two verse song, you know, just right. so just so I can get the right feel for it. Or I might record the first verse here and the second verse, and then I might be like, "Oh, well, I feel like the second verse should start the song off for better." You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, it's like it's like writing a paper, man. You want to get people drawn in. You know, like anytime I teach, I had a teacher. She was like, "Anytime you got a thesis or you know anything, you want people to be drawn in by your thesis." Right. So the first thing they're gonna hear is the beat, and then they're gonna hear you. And if if you don't get their attention in the first forty five seconds. It's gone. Them. Yeah, they gonna scare because yeah. you know people. A lot of they, they don't have they don't attention have, span. Yeah, the attention span is like seven seconds now. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you just gotta get their attention and draw them in real fast. Yep, and uh, like you were saying with the attention span, it's like even with new music that comes out now, like you listen to it for maybe two or three days, mm-hmm. and then everybody is on to the next thing. What? How? How do you try to keep your audience engaged in your music, or is it something you don't think you can control? I mean, at, at the same time, I do feel like I, it. I do feel like it's something that I can't control, but um, at the same time, it is because I feel like if you make music that stick, like substance, you know what I mean. Like right. people are always going through something, whether they happy, they sad, anything. Yeah. But if you can make a record and you got all of those emotions on it, uh, like I want people when they hear some, some like certain songs or they see me perform, I want them to say, "Man, I remember when I heard that song." Because I remember when I was young, I'm 27, man, but I remember when Biggie died, and Biggie had a line where he said, um, dying at the, but it's pleasant, it's kind of quiet, watch my, watch, watch my people start to ride. And it was like, the way he said it, I was like, I heard it after he died, you know, mm-hmm. so it gave me goosebumps, because I'm saying, like, this man predicting his death, or, you know, but at the same time, he had me so drawn into the song, that it just made me feel some type of way, so I, I want to I wanna do that with people, too, you know, like, People come up to me like, if I perform somewhere, they might say, "Man, bounce just make me feel like an old hip hop record." Right. But it's it's brand new. It's tough. You know what I mean? So it's like it's just like you gotta make people feel it, man. You gotta make it come from the heart. Man. You gotta make it stick to them. 
give them that soul food. Yeah, one of my favorite lines, um, we said in bar for bar, you said, uh, it's bigger than me, I feel it in my spirit. Yeah. You feel like you kind of yeah. starting to, f you have a greater purpose yeah. in life. I, I, I do, man. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm finally walking in my purpose. You know, because a lot of times you might do something, and if it's not your purpose, it ain't gonna work. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you ain't if it if you ain't passionate about it, it's not your purpose. Right. Whatever it is, it's not gonna work, man. So I like in, in that song where I said, uh, it's bigger than me, I feel I feel it in my spirit. And I, I, I honestly feel that, man, because I might wake up honestly, I might wake up three or four o'clock in the morning and I'm hearing songs. You know what right. I mean? And at first I was like, at first I remember when I was younger, I was like, man, I don't I don't like I don't like this because I felt like I was hearing voices. But it's my voice yeah. on songs, you know what I mean? So it's like I can I can hear myself um, doing records and hear, hearing in my head and actually hearing it when it's done. It's the best feeling ever, man. You know what I mean? So I I do feel like it's a, a high calling because everybody doesn't have it, but every, uh, you, you know some people just don't stick with it. Yeah, and I remember uh, I seen one of your posts a while back. Uh, it was right before you went to South by Southwest where you were saying that uh, you felt like your passion wasn't attached yeah. to your purpose yeah and you were kind of like in a dark space what yeah. made you like feel like that uh, i mean because I, I feel like i was putting everybody else before me like i'm gonna be honest man you know like when you're really passionate about something man, you might be in a relationship and your relationship might dim your light from what you're doing mm -hmm. because you might be putting everything into your relationship or you might be putting everything in a Whoever else's problems, like, say somebody's always ca calling you, like, hey, man, I need to talk, man, I got this problem, and you always listen to their problems. Now you a therapist instead of an artist. You know right. what I mean? It's true, yeah. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and, and your therapist, I mean, like, like, yeah, it's cool to talk to people, you know what I mean? But sometimes, you know, you got to cut people off, don't answer the phone, you know, mm -hmm. you got to lock in, you know, yeah. like, really, really get in, really get into your passion and your art, man, because, like, like, you doing this, and, you know, other people doing things, it don't it doesn't feel like work when you're passionate about it. Mm -hmm, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it kinda of, for me it was kind of the same way because for a while, you know, when you when you like when you're passionate about something, sometimes you gotta make sacrifices. Yeah. So for me, you know, starting out, man, I, I mean, once I graduated, man, I was trying to do the podcast with people, with a couple of my friends, and uh they're still gonna come on with me. And then things came up with family and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you got to take care of home. So yeah. for me, I had to kind of put everything on the back burner. And now I'm starting to feel like yeah. now is like the best time to, to do this. Because it's, it's always things like uh, that come up in life. I mean, but you just, you know, if you're really passionate about it. You got to keep working. Exactly. And the thing that really drove me to it was, you know, uh, I'm thankful I got a job. But, you know, sometimes you go to work, you just feel like, man, this it just ain't for me. Exactly. So I was just like, man, I'm just determined to go down, go exactly. go down with chip, we'll do what I gotta do to make sure I'm doing what I love doing. Because and to me it's scary because sometimes when I look at people at work, go clock in and they just walk off and they, they, ain't, just, got, they ain't got no soul. No, no soul at all. <laughs> it's like the same routine yeah. every single day, and it's scary. Like yeah. they just program to do the same Robots, thing. It's like Go to work, pick up your check, pay your bills. It's yeah. like it's like a bigger picture. And they'll talk down on you because they've been stuck in the same rut, like this little spot for 10, 15 mm -hmm. years, and you actually trying to better yourself. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like, man, I, I see that a lot of times, too, man. It's like, you know, like your supervisor, my supervisor might say something to me, and I'm like, man, you don't even know who you're talking to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, right. how, that's, how, that's how I am in my head, because I'm like, man, I, I ain't going to be here for, forever. You know right. what I mean? And I don't plan on it. I plan on Man, cause like 
being, being from South Carolina, man, we don't have too many artists to represent us. Like right now, Charlotte, Charlemagne is a DJ, but he's the biggest thing we had. That's a fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's like um, you got Rennie in Columbia. She just signed the QC, and you know it's a couple other people that got record deals now. But how how can we how can we advance the culture? You know, if, if nobody's making good music, or if we just get caught up being robots instead of like stepping outside of the matrix yeah. and actually trying to do something better. Ourselves. And they say that's one of the things. Um, in uh. Rich Dad Poor Dad, he was talking about a lot of times people are scared to take chances because they just fear is what keeps people from being successful because exactly. they don't want to take their chances. They're just so used to being safe, going to school, just getting exactly. a safe and secure job instead of his poor dad. You know, I think you yeah. read the book. Yeah. He said his poor dad always had the mindset, well, yeah, you can get a job, but why not run it? Just exactly. own it. Exactly. Instead of, but it's like so many people nowadays are just so used to just doing the same thing. I mean, it, and then, like, representation uh, means a lot, man. Like, when you see something, like, when you see people being role models, whether it's on TV or whether it's just, like, like like I said, TV or just, like, the radio, man. Like, when you hear people that inspire you or, like, people that came from where you're at and they, they took it to another level, that, that, that's supposed to inspire you. But I feel like a lot of people, they just feel like, oh, man, I can't do that. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, I'm going to tell you, man, I, I I feel like I manifested South by Southwest for, for years. Like, I used to sit and watch videos, people performing at South by, and they weren't even big artists. I was just watching them because I was like, man, I'm going to be there one day. Right. You know what I mean? So it was like to actually go and experience that, man, it was it was something that I'll never forget. I definitely am yeah. definitely so, how did us how did that come about anyway? Uh, South, South by okay. yeah. Um. I was doing these shows in uh, in Atlanta at Apache Cafe, and uh, my guy Mike Sit he hosts he hosts the uh, the bars and um, it's the last Friday of every month. And if any artist is is looking into getting some exposure, I highly suggest doing the bars and at least one time. You know because you might be in a circle where everybody might be saying, "Man, you hot," and you go to Atlanta, and I'm gonna tell you, Atlanta will eat you up. You know what I mean? Right. I got booed down there one time. And it hurt me, man. I was like, man, but I took that criticism because I actually went down there and you gotta you gotta take in where you performing at and the type of mood they in. So it's a Friday night, everybody got off. People just wanna be entertained. And I was looking at it like this is a competition. So I really went down there like really, really rapping. And I was like, you can rap, but this ain't the right song for this night. You know right. what I mean? So uh, my guy Mike sit. I did the bar exam at least three to four times. So uh, he's, we were in a group chat one day and he texted me and said, are you going to South by? And I was like, why? You know, I was like, I had no plans of going to South by. This is like a month, month and a half before South by. So he said, if if you go to South by, I, I have a slot for you. Cause like he saw me perform multiple. So he times. saw the potential. Yeah. This, even, this. even even when I even when I got to South by, the first thing he said on stage was, you know, Troop hasn't won. The bar is down, but he leave everything on the stage every time he performs. So I respect him for even looking at me like yeah. that. Like he's seeing the potential, you know what I mean? And uh, I, th- I want to say the last time I did the bar exam, because the bar exam is all about the amount of support that you have in the room. I feel like I won over the whole room, but it was one guy, the guy that beat me, you know, he just had more people than me. Right. And even after even after the bar exam was over, Mike came up to me and was like, man, I thought you won. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because I mean... I thought I won. 
You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you know doing the bar exam and experiencing that, and you know him actually hitting me up, and then uh, I went online and got the music badges, and uh, I was able to go to workshops. You know, learn different things. Like I was in workshops, anything I could learn, bro. Like um, I went to a workshop about uh, TV theme songs. Cause I was like, I wonder how they do theme songs and if it's the same process of me writing a song. Mm-hmm. So they had like maybe six versions of this of this theme song for these TV shows, and you know they they went through all of them. And some of them they kept saying if if it has too many syllables, like you saying too much on the hook or you saying too much on the theme song, you know it throws people off. So it might sound jumbled, you know. So I took that in. As uh, you know, when I'm writing hooks or anything, you know, you want to get you want to get stuff stuck in people's heads. Right. You know, that's why, like, with work, I honestly, I, I couldn't, I, but I couldn't stand it at first because it, it 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 kept going around. You know, in my head, it was like I go to work. You know, and uh, but I, I realized, you know, people love it. You mm-hmm. know, and it's some people like I had people hit me up like, man, I listen to that at football practice, or I listen to that before I go to work for real. You know what I mean? So it's like I saw the video yeah. yesterday. What you said, we yeah. down in Atlanta, yeah. and the guy was listening to it. Yeah. And that was I was like, "This, this dope." But man. see, he 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 heard about me the first time I did the bar exam at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I got a buddy down there, and uh, he let he let him see one of my he let him see the work video. And he was like, "Man, I need that on iTunes." He was like, "Cause I ain't got Facebook," you know. And it was yeah. people saying stuff like that to me. And at first, I was kind of I was slacking because I wasn't I wasn't putting stuff on iTunes. And um, I might record like twenty tracks, and I, I might say, "Oh man, it's about to come out," and then it never came out, you know. So this time I recorded like fifteen. I just picked the best five over the past five months, and I just put them all together, you know. But I, I feel like this season it it was done for a long time. Like I, it might have been done back in, in December, right. but 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 just me plotting and putting everything together it took a few it took a few more months. So you. So did you perform the whole? Well, I think you said you got ten minutes at Soundbox, yeah, yeah. so you didn't get to perform. I performed the first three songs from Disney. Disney, yeah. So, um, and I was telling them I had business cards, and I went to Soundbox. I had maybe fifteen hundred business cards, and I was going, you know, I was going in the bathroom stalls at bars. I'm just dropping them mm-hmm. off, putting them on posters and stuff. So, you know, um, it was a lot of guys. I'm gonna be honest, man, like. I felt like the DJs ain't, ain't take me serious at so at first, you know, because like I, I came to them and I said, "Hey man, what's your email? I got to send you my show." Because I had my I had CDs and I had a USB. He was like, "No, nah, I need it in my email." So mm-hmm. I, I I kept asking him. He was like, "Hold on, man, you know, I'm trying to get the stuff right." He ain't take me serious, right? So after I sent him the stuff and he seen me perform, oh man, I got to get your number, bro. You know right. what I mean? It's like, different, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's a different energy because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of artists, man, like when you think about hip hop artists, that flashy. Man, I don't, I don't own one chain. I don't, exactly. you know, I don't own, like. I mean, like it's cool, but like I don't. I'm more so about the music. Exactly. You know what I mean? So if you hear the music and and the music is rocking and you you vibing with it, then my goal is accomplished. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just seems like nowadays, it's a lot of them are more focused on the appearance. Like oh, you yeah. were saying, oh yeah. If you see everybody with different hair colors yeah. and. Like chains and all this stuff right there, but the the content is not that great or whatever. I mean, that that characters they want to stick out as far as like you looking at them, but I mean it's just like if you sit down at a table and the the food look real really good, and then you bite into it, the food cold, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, or it ain't real food. You like, man, yeah. what is this? You know what I mean? Like, so you know, like I, I take that in, man. Like I I was I was seeing people at South by you might see somebody on the street with a piano. 
just playing, singing, but it's raw talent. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you might see somebody in the venue that's dressed up, you know, got chains on or whatever, or trying to look a certain way, and the music ain't there. Right. You know what I mean? So you might you might see people in the crowd like you losing their interest. You know, because at the end of the day, man, people want to be entertained. Exactly. So if you get on stage and you're not an entertainer, you just standing there, you look boring. They they gonna go to the bar on you. You know what I mean? Like anything, they gonna be like, I don't want to hit us. So what was um the best advice that you received down there? Um. Okay, I I'll say this. I went to a class about how to get on festival lineups. And um, at the end of the class, you know, everybody, I asked a question and I said, how can I, like me as a South Carolina artist, you know, like in the sound that I have, how can I push this more? And, you know, a lot of the people was just saying, and I mean, like, I, I understand now because this season is actually online and I can see where my streams are going. Right. But a lot of them were saying, like, see where your streams are at and market to those markets. You know what to I mean? Their fam- to yeah. their fans. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you saw, but like sometimes on Facebook, I might run a, a sponsor ad with my work video. But now it's free game too. So artists, if you listening, listen. Um, I I might I will I will select a certain crowd, or like I will look at my streams and I say, okay, if Atlanta if Atlanta is doing this, you know, I look for the hottest artists in Atlanta, and I might market to his crowd. Right. And just try to pull them in because they might listen and be like, okay, who is this? You know, like, oh, you might be in Atlanta. I might just be popping up on your timeline. You don't know why. But it's because I'm, I'm marketing to your city or I'm marketing to a certain artist from your city. And or either I'll look up whoever's the hottest MC or R&B artist. And I'll just I will I will market to their fans like straight right. up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to steal some of your fans. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I'm just as good as they are. And I feel like if if this if this goes the right way, you know, somebody else is gonna do the same thing. Like somebody gonna be like, I mean, I'm gonna market the troop fans, or I'm gonna market the South Carolina. South Carolina has a market, but we don't necessarily buy music. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you 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 just gotta go to where everything is good for you and your fans. Right. You, do you feel like you get enough like local support around the area, or do you think mm-hmm. it just? I'm gonna be honest. I don't. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I feel like I do. Like, I get a lot of love on Facebook, but I can see who's streaming the music. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you might you might say, "Oh man, this is dope, this is dope." But if you're not streaming it, you know, like you're not sharing it, like what what are we doing? You exactly. know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people they don't understand the the you know the the gist of it, but it's deep as far as like understanding like how you gotta how you gotta market or understand it. Because I'm gonna be honest, I don't market. I don't market to the upstate. You know, like, like I haven't did a show in the upstate in years. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like I go to Atlanta or I go to Charlotte and do these shows and, you know, like, that show me love and stuff. And it's like, I come home and it's like, because people know me or they feel like they knew me in school, school. or something. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's like they might, they'll take you serious, but only to a certain point because it's like, we, we heard the story before. Uh, we seen, we seen people go down this road saying they want to be a rapper, but uh, I, I don't even say I want to be a rapper. I want to be an artist, man, because I want to do everything. I want to be hands-on with my videos. You know, I want to be hands-on with everything because if I'm writing the music, I'm already seeing the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I want to put those two hand-in-hand hand and just take it to the next you level. Because if you say rapper, it seems like they try to box you yeah. in. It's just a rapper. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing yeah. you can do, like you saying, being behind the scenes, getting hands-on exactly. and stuff. 
I'm gonna say this like being in South by I looked at the venues that they were booking hip hop artists in, right? And you might go, I'm gonna just say like, okay, man, honestly, I saw an Asian funk band and it sounded so good. You know, they was they had soul, mm-hmm. you know, but you go to the show, you know, because like you, you have a wristband that's gang wristband to let you in, they might not even check you, they might not even patch you down. But because they look at hip hop artists or they or they look at our audience as a liability. They might overcharge you at the door. They might patch you down way more than you going somewhere else. And right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was like, it was like, you know, like they actually look at hip hop artists like a liability because a lot of us, a lot of guys only talk about violence or they talk about drugs and stuff. Yeah. And they don't realize that when you get in venues, people hear, they, they hear your music before you come. So they already think, oh, he might bring, he might bring this type of crowd. Or Games, anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that might be like, hey, it's twenty dollars at the door, and you go down to the R and B show, you don't even gotta pay to get in the door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they they actually looking at our audience like a liability. And I feel like I feel like that's a lot of places like that, man. You know, they don't take like hip hop is the biggest genre in the world, right? But I don't feel like they take us as serious as the, as we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you think? Is it how do you think that can change or what where's the disconnect you think that is with him? Um, I, I feel like I feel like it's a connection, but at the same time I feel like um I just don't feel like people people are putting out music to make money. You know, like people I mean it's easy to make money in hip hop. I mean it is like I'm gonna tell you, man, like if you got a gimmick, like uh Prime example, man. When Nicki Minaj came out, Nicki Minaj came out with the pink hair. Her name was her name is Nicki Minaj, like Minaj et mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She marketed it to you know the gay crowd, the lesbians. She marketed it to them, you know, and she came up off of them because they stood behind her because they they thought she was one of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was just a gimmick. You know what I mean? It was just like she's gonna come out, she's gonna do this, she's gonna do this, and then she's gonna take this pink wig off. And she gonna have a regular hair, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She gonna, you know, it's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a, um, a process. But I feel like, um, like, like you got like the J Coles and you got like the big crits, and um, this is this is girl. I don't know if you heard from North Carolina, but her name is Rhapsody. And Rhapsody. Like, yeah. She dropped the album. Yes, she has yeah. an album called Layla's Wisdom, and uh, it's produced by Ninth Wonder. But when I tell you, she can wrap circles around anybody, man. You know what I mean, but and she she actually has a, a good album, you know, and she made soulful music, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, like you gotta have balance, and I feel like with hip hop artists, even um, I, I want to say in Ball for Bar, I got a line where I said, uh, I said um, something about uh, artists either being too conscious or they either trapping, and right. they ain't got a balance. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the conscious dude could have been a trapper. You know what I mean? But he don't want to talk about that because he feel like that ain't my crowd. Exactly. But you got to tell your truth. You know what I mean? If you tell yeah. your truth, you might have another guy that like, man, I I felt the same exact way, man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you just gotta you just gotta make it connect, man. Give him that soul food. Give him something that's gonna that's gonna stick to him, man. You know, make it last. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons I I, I listen to J Cole a lot, especially some a lot of his old stuff because of. Like stuff that I can relate to, exactly. like being in exactly. school, not having money, exact stuff. I mean, it's it is real, man. I've and been there. Like, it, so it's, yeah. it's like it's like songs like that and artists like that. Man, you gotta be able to relate to them. But if you always talk about how you blew fifty thousand dollars, 
you know, first off, why you blowing fifty thousand dollars? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I feel like with hip hop, we we so flat, flashy, you know, and braggadocious, and it's like at the end of the day, you know, you have so many artists that come and go, and I want to set, I want to set my kids up in the future. I want, I want exactly. them to be like, I mean, I want them to understand the value of a dollar, to understand how to work. But I don't want them to. I don't want them to live how I did. You know what exactly. I mean. So it's like I, I want to provide them with a better life. And I feel like hip hop artists they don't take, they don't think about that. You know what I mean? Because it's just like, man, I know, I know, I can put this out and win fans right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not always about that, man. You gotta you gotta be able to uh, put out solid music, have a solid. Ain't Wayne would say a solid fan base at first, man. But you gotta just be able to work. You gotta know what you're doing, man. But be relatable. But a lot of times it seems like they don't really care about the socially conscious. Oh yeah, conscious content. Yeah, they want to hear stuff. Yeah, I'm blowing money and and stuff like that. So I mean, um, and with with social content, a lot of times, you know, like you don't want to come off as being too preachy, right? You know what I mean. So it's like. Man, somebody might be listening to you. They'd be like, man, I can go to church if I want somebody to preach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I, I can turn on a gospel album. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of people, they they feel like that with hip hop. But I mean, you could sprinkle. You could sprinkle some realness in that every now and then. You, I ain't going to say every now and then. Just, just talk, talk it. Yeah. But, make it but, but make it so that when people listen, they're entertained. Like Jay-Z, man. I, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Jay-Z got a line where he said, um, I used to want to rap like Common Sense. Talking about Common, because Common's first, or what Common before he became Common, his name was Common Sense. Mm-hmm. And Jay Z said, I used to want to rap like Common Sense. And I sold, I sold seven million, and I ain't rap like Common Sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like he 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 saw that, man, this potential out here to live in my truth and make you bounce to it. You know what right. I mean? So I can be I can be preaching to you or, or saying something real to you, and at the same time, it just sounds good sonically. You know what I mean? So you gotta, people just gotta find that balance, man. Yeah. One one of the things, I, another thing I want to ask you about South by Southwest when you posted uh, Nardwalk. Oh yeah. I didn't even know who he was. Oh yeah. And so when I when I saw you um ask him a question or whatever, I went and looked him up. But this dude is huge. Yeah. Like I seen him uh, interview with Gotti and Jeezy, yeah. Pharrell, I everybody, mean, everybody like Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Like how how was that talking to to Nardwalk? Man. I'm gonna tell you honestly, that was the best part of Southwell because not what lives in his truth. You know, like mm-hmm. like no matter what, man, you, like you might look at him and be like, man, he got a lot of energy, but he a got lot a lot of, of yeah, he got a lot of energy. Period. You know, and he was telling us he was like, he said he take a whole week to a- ask questions, and this man said that whenever he go to festivals, he 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 takes two um two loads worth of questions just in case he meet uh, Kanye West, and he's like he ain't met Kanye yet. And he was like, he been flying these questions out with him for seven years, and he still ain't met Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was like, it was like, and then like, man, he played videos from like 1985, man, and it was like he was he wanted to be a news anchor, and you know, like he just had a video of him just talking, and like you would see kids come up and they hitting him, you know, they might stick that middle finger up at him, and they might say, man, you you never gonna be something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he stopped it, and he was like, now what do you think those people are at right now? You know what I mean? He was like, he was like, do you think they're Southwest? And it, it hit me because I'm like, bro, you gotta live in your truth. You know exactly. what I mean? Like you gotta, and like with Nardwar, um, man, it, it was so dope because like he 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 asked a lot of questions. So for me to ask some questions, and you know, even afterwards, man, he's been in the game thirty years. So 
after after his session was over with, because I think he had like forty five minutes in that room. So you know, like at South Bar, it's like it's like comfort, it's like a big conference center. Now a lot of people go and they don't go to these conferences. They just go to party because it's yeah, it's like spring break for rappers, man. You know what I mean? So it's like you will see all type of artists down there. It's like man, I was on the street. I seen DJ Drama just walking, like people coming up to him rapping, like you know and. I mean, it was it was very different, you know. But Nardwar, it was like he was just living in his truth, man. And like afterwards, he was like, you know, I'm celebrating 30 years doing doing interviews. He's like, would y'all like eat some cake with me? And I'm like, we, we just like what? You know what I mean? My man brought out a bit Nardwar cake, and we just sat there and ate cake and talked. You know what I mean? So it was just like he was giving us game. Like he was just telling us, like, man, like, I interviewed so many people. You know, and he was like, no matter what people do, or if, if somebody do you wrong, it always come back. And he showed an interview where he had interviewed this guy in the band, and the guy was in his face. He took off his hat, he took off his glasses, threw the stuff and all the stuff. And then my man ended up running for counsel. And this kid saw the way he did the Nardwar, and he was like, you need to apologize to Nardwar. You know, or, or he put a video out, he just killed Put up like I'm um, sharing it, and he was like, "Do you see how you treat a nut, or how do you think he'll treat a community of people?" Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, he, everything that he was saying, I was just like, it was heavy. Like I was taking yeah. it in. Yeah, I, I was like, man, whatever kind of whatever he owned, like, that kind of energy, man. Yeah. I was like, I need to try to figure out what he. Yeah. Because he's wide open. Wide open, man. And wide. even uh, man, he had so many stories. You know, and he was saying how how he goes. Man, he had he had a funny story about him interviewing Snoop Dogg. He said he called Snoop Dogg when he was in Canada, and uh, Snoop didn't want to come to the. He didn't want to come to the radio station to do the interview. So that's why a lot of times you see him at places, man. He just get a microphone to interview. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. he said yep. he said he saw Snoop, and he said Snoop was like, and this is funny man. He had the video, and Snoop was like, "Hey, no, nah, I'm about to roll up a blunt in thirty minutes." You're like, "This is Snoop now." Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. he did it. And then Norwalk was like, and then he put it in the microwave. You know, like he showed him, like he showed, he just showed what Snoop doing. Like Snoop put it, he put it in the microwave, you know, and he tried to make Norwalk hit it. And Norwalk was like, well, I'm just trying to stay, I'm just trying to do my interviews. Right. Because right? in Canada, it's very different. They don't have rules. They can say whatever, they can do whatever. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they have rules, but, you know, it's very more free than we are. You know what I mean? So, talking to Norwalk and just getting that game, man, because you got somebody that's been in the entertainment field for 30 years. You yeah. know, and I don't know anybody. I'm I'm being honest, man. I don't know too many people, Brian, here that's been in the entertainment field more than ten years because they quit. Right. It, it's easy to quit. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard to be great, man. You know what I mean? It's it's really hard. So yeah. see somebody like that getting game. It was it was a pretty dope experience. What what was it like just seeing like being around like Nawar and the other these other big name celebrities? How is it? Um, when you see them in person for you, what was your experience like with them? I'm like, like I said, man, I'm a music junkie, so I, w I was walking down the street, man. You might see Sway coming out of coffee shop, you know, anybody, you know. So it's just like you seeing all of these people, and we're all on vacation, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like we all down here networking and stuff. And even with Nardwar, like I was in a class, and Nardwar was in the classroom, like just a real still learning, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you got people down here that's really learning. Getting game, and then you got people down here that's like I said, they only go to party. But man, when I was down there, um, I remember specifically meeting White Club, and I was starstruck. And right. man, the only thing I could say, like, we were at the bar, and I said, Hey, man, who are you? And he was like, Don't play, you know who I am. He was like, He was like, You at my show, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, You came to see me, but he was laughing, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, we shook hands and everything. I was just like, 
That's crazy. Yeah, and, and then That's like cool. uh, I went to a TI show and TI was in the airport when I'm leaving to go back to Atlanta. He ain't right, he ain't riding our plan and that, you know yeah. what I mean? But you know, you would see him and he trying to hide, and then like um I met Benny Siegel, and it was like Benny Siegel got off stage. I'm just going to get a beer and Benny Siegel right here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So these are people I, I've looked up to or people that really put in work. And I'm just like, man, like you still here 10 years later, man. Like I, you know, like the next time I go, I, I, I'll be more prepared than I was this time. But it's, it was definitely times where I was starstruck. Like yeah. I might be walking in the mall and I see somebody and it's like, man, that's so-and-so. But I don't want to go up to him and talk to him because I don't want to feel like a group. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So it was, it was, the, it was a good I tell you, the, the best, um, some of the best advice that I learned when I cover, like, I cover ACC Media Day my senior year at Upstate, mm-hmm. and some of the best advice I still remember to this day. Uh, so you see all the coaches, they have a couple of players from each team there, and then just walking down, walking down the hall, I seen Coach K, and Coach yeah. K spoke to me, so I'm like, dang, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody you grew up watching on TV. Exactly. Uh, I seen Coach K, Bayheim, uh, Patino, all these guys. But I remember just when they put them on the podium, and uh, it was I was sitting behind us. Like her name is Vashti Hurts. I mean, she uh, she's dope, man. She uh, she got her own uh, website, uh, Carolina Blitz. If you listen, and make sure you check her out. But she gave me some of the best advice. I remember it was one of one of the, I think the coach from uh, Jamie Dixon from Pittsburgh had just uh, left the podium, and I was just sitting down looking out like, man, I'm. I'm, I'm just nervous. So she right. turned around and looked at me. She was like, you know, I was like a couple of years ago, I was just starting out and I was just like you. And she said to me, she said, the best thing to do, these are your peers now. She mm-hmm. said, is if you, just remember that because if you put them on a pedestal, you already lost. Yeah. So she was just like, so just true. treat them like they're regular people because so they, they, they're regular people. So after that, that was some of the best advice. So when I saw her again the next year, I thank her. Whenever I see her again, I'm going to thank her again because yeah. I still remember that to this day because they just normal people like yeah. anybody else got and a normal they, life. And they that's some great advice, man, because, you know, like, they're normal and they put in a lot of work to get where they get. Yep. So, like, if you put them on the pedestal already, you can't even get game from them. Because mm-hmm. now they're looking at you like a fan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Instead of, instead of looking at you like a peer, they're like, what do you really want? Like, you want exactly. a pencil? No, I don't want a picture. I want to learn from you. I want to mm-hmm. pick your brain. You know, and like, um, there was a lot of people that saw about, like, even going to the, the classes, man, like, Zaytoven, I didn't get to go to Zaytoven class, but you would see Zaytoven just around or, or like in the conference center. Mm-hmm. And you would just see all of these different people. And it's like everybody got classes, everybody going. And then you would meet somebody like I was in the class with the head of NBC's entertainment field. And she's the woman that picks all of the, the theme songs. You know, like if Law and Order switch up that theme song right now, she's the one that picked it. Mm-hmm. And she just looked like a regular woman. You know what right. I mean? But it's like, you know, hear her talk about the stuff or hear her, you know, talk about how, you know, how to make commercials or how to write songs for commercials, write jingles. You know, like I, I was going to these classes to figure out their writing process. And at the same time, I was learning more about my writing process because it's like if they're making theme songs and you got 30 seconds or not even 30 seconds with theme songs, like, well, 30 seconds with a commercial to draw people in, get people's attention. You gotta have them in thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. So if I'm trying to figure out how this person is writing to grab people's attention, I gotta get up to go to these classes. Right. You know what I mean? So it, I'm gonna be honest, bro. It'll be night. It, it was probably like two, three days in a row. I only slept like three hours down there because it was like you would go to sleep, you would wake up, and now you gotta go. You gotta go do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was at the Y Club show. I was just speaking about that, and um, 
we it was the guy that was hosting. He said, if there are any MCs in here tonight, go to Sway's in the morning on 7th Street. Because we were on 6th Street. He was like, go on 7th Street, and Sway's going to be there. He was like, you can, you can sign up to get in the cypher. So I see people leaving. So I'm thinking like, man. You know, I'm, I'm having a good time watching Y Club. So I leave probably about like 2.30 in the morning. I get to Sway at like 6, 6.30. And there's people lying around the corner. And they hungrier than I was. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, look, I'm, I'm like, the show didn't start at 7. So to see people lying up like 6, 6.30. And then there's people talking like, man, I've been here since 4.30 just to make sure that I was going to rap for Sway. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that dedication, it's man. It's big, yeah. Well, yeah. And then like, like, you don't understand, like, I mean, not not you, but I'm talking about, like, we don't understand, like, like what goes into making, like, a radio show or whatever, you know, because Sway was hands-on with everything. Like, he would go to commercial, and he'd get on the mic and be like, man, turn my mics up, or turn this up, turn the house lights down. Mm-hmm. Like, he really was producing everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and, and he was like, y'all a little tired. He was like, I'm up at 5 o'clock every day, you know what I mean? He was like, he was like if y'all, if y'all tired... You know, he said, I I gotta feed off of y'all energy. You know, he was yeah. like, So I don't wanna hear nothing about y'all being tired if I wake up at five o'clock every morning and do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, hearing stuff like that and, and just and seeing how these how these guys carry that stuff, man, it it, it, was, it meant a lot to me, man. Yeah. Just learn. It is like like I when I talked to Mr. Floyd, I was asking him because when I look at uh like I was telling him like Steve Harvey or anybody like they always have like a daily routine where they yeah. might get up Early in the morning, go work out, read something, and then boom, just go yeah. do what they got to do. Yeah. Like, it's another thing that's important. You got like a daily routine that you try to get into oh, before you start making music or anything. Most definitely, man. Like, even even uh, you know, still working and everything. Like, man, um, I try to get up because I, I I read that the first ninety minutes of your day should be for you. You know, like whether it's working out, whether it's reading, man. Like, I try to wake up and be productive. Like this morning, I got up like five and I went and worked out, you know. But but I like to me, I feel good about it because I might go and work out at five or read a book or something. And then you you might get to work and you hear people talking, about, man, I'm tired, man. You mm-hmm. know, I ain't sleep number seven hours last night. I slept three. You know what I mean? Dang. So so what you saying? You know what I mean? So it's like it's like like to have that drive. And to have an ambition, man, like ambition can be a gift and a curse, man. But like getting up early in the morning and I like I said, I like to get up and work out or run or or just read something, something to just feed yeah. myself, man. Yeah, I feel like I'm 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 in that habit now. I feel like if I'm just at home, like when I, I work five to ten in the morning, I have to be back at work at exactly. three. Exactly. Those little hours, those five hours in between, I feel like I need to do something. Yeah. Sometimes I go home and I'll take a nap. Set my alarm to get up from like a maybe an hour to hour nap, and I just sleep through it. But it drives me crazy because I feel like in those five hours I could be doing yeah. something, reading or or you get a lot done. Yeah, sending out emails, just you know, picking people's brains, asking exactly. them anything. So exactly. I, I try to get like in a little set routine to where it has to be a habit to it, something you just do over and over and over. That, but that that comes from from you wanting this is your passion, you know exactly. what I mean? So like. Like the job, our jobs ain't connected to our passion. So it's like you know we want to take advantage of those five those five free hours that mm-hmm. we got, you know, or anything, you know. Like man, I'm gonna be honest, man. I remember my mama like we was talking about South Park, and it's like no disrespect, to my mama. If you hear me, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I remember we was talking about South Park, and she was like, "You need to slow down." You know, you like you doing too much, and I was like, "I ain't did nothing." You know, like I don't because right. I I have so I have 
such high expectations of myself. And she was like, I don't care, I don't care about sorrow, but I don't care what it is. I said, you're gonna care one day. Cause mm-hmm. this this is gonna open doors for other things. You know yep. what I mean? Even just like me going there and learning and doing shows. Man, like I said, man, I got booed, man, and man, it hurt me so bad, man. I was like, man, I couldn't understand why they booed me. But ever since then, you know, they just they just showed me like, man, you can't stop. Cause it, it, the old me, I would have got booed and I would have never went back. Mm-hmm. I've been back two to three times since then. And every time, like, like they they break us up in the four rounds. I won my round every time except that time I got booed. Right. You know what I mean? So you, know, you just can't be discouraged, man. Because I remember I read uh with Steve Harvey's book uh Jump, and he was talking about how he was just going around. At one point in time, he was homeless, so he just had all the stuff in the car. Exactly. And he just got a phone call to go host Showtime in Apollo. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was a comedian up there, got booed off the stage. Say well, the guy went outside and talked and sat down on the on a st- stepping stool. He's like, "Man, you all right?" He said, "Yeah." He just I never got booed before. Mm-hmm. It turned out it was Jamie Foxx. See, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly. But but I mean, like you got to take that in, man. You got to. And I man, I, I read a book by um by Steve called Think Think Last and Say. Yeah, I got that one too. Yeah. And um, I remember reading it, and he told his his supervisor that he was gonna quit. He yeah. walked in and he had his box and he said, "Hey, I'm gonna quit." The supervisor was like, why? He's like, because I want to be a comedian. He's like, man, Steve, go put your back. Yeah. Yep. I remember this. Yep. And he said he told him, uh, he was talking to a co-worker, and the co-worker was like, man, why you didn't quit? And Steve said, you know, he taught me at the stand. And his co-worker said, does this man drive the car you want? Do he got the house you want? You know, is is he like a like a role model? Do you look up to him? He said, no. He was like, so why would you listen to him? Exactly. You know what I mean? You can't let him dictate what you do. Exactly. 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 Man, you just got to keep going, man. Now look what Steve had. Look what Jamie Foxx said. Exactly. You know what I mean, you can't stop, man. Big time. It's just like you, you never know what people grow grow to be, man. Exactly. So, and I think that's important because just watch them and goes along with uh, just treating them with respect because you never you never know what somebody's going through or yeah, what exactly. what they turn out to be, man. Exactly, man. And um, going back to South by man, I'm I'm gonna tell you like it was a stand called the Artist Village, and uh, they gave us free book, uh, free food, free drinks, whatever we want. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, you go in here, and I promise you, you don't, like any of the artists that say South by that's an official artist is going around doing stuff. I took the time to get to know, well, I tried to get to know him because it's like, I don't know who you are. You, exactly. might, you, might, you might blow up or something, you know what I mean? And we was just rubbing elbows, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I might have your phone number or something. It might need you as a connect, or you might need me as a connect. So it's all about networking, man. And uh, never, ever, man, Whenever you're in the room with somebody, never because Beyonce, they say even Beyonce introduced herself to everybody. Even though we know who Beyonce is, she's still humble enough to say, Hey, I'm Beyonce. It's big, man. You know what I mean? Like you get like introducing yourself and showing yourself, and it go a long way, man. Just being humble, man. And just being willing to learn stuff. Exactly. Like 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 you said, with Narwhart sitting in class, yeah. somebody big as he is, yeah. still willing to learn. Yeah. I think that's 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 huge. You gotta man. learn every day, man. Um my brother used to say, Wake up with with glass. Have empty, uh, what it what, like? What, what, what the glass have empty and not have something? You know have what I mean? Food. Yeah, but yeah. but you just gotta you just gotta learn, man. Like don't don't think that you know something all the time. You know, I mean, I like quoting music all the time because I listen to music. But you know, everybody who said the man who thinks he knows something knows nothing at all. You know what That's I mean? True. So it's like you know, you just gotta learn, man. Just keep keep taking everything. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm always willing to soak up knowledge and. I even ask people, man, what, what kind of stuff do you do? Uh, what kind of work do you do? Yeah. That, that's how I actually ended up getting one of my 
internships. Uh, when I was I actually worked for the Panthers just as a, a crowd attendant, helping people find their seats in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And this is why networking is so huge because it was a lady. She just had a Panther tag on the back of her car. And uh, I said, I went over and talked to her. I said, ma'am, do you, uh, you a Panthers fan? She said, yeah. And my husband, he, um, he works for the Panthers. He, um, he's security for the Panthers. He's over security for the Panthers. He said, she said he's getting ready to retire. He's been there over 20 years, getting ready to retire. And I was like, oh, okay, because I was just happened to be looking for an internship for school. So I just mm-hmm. threw it out there. And she said, you know what? I, she said, I'll tell you what. Her husband never even seen me before. She said, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go talk to my husband and see what we can do. She came back like a week later. And she said, here's the number. She said, my husband said, call them and give and tell them that you uh, – Met Gene Brown, rest in peace, Gene Brown, because he he passed away um, mm-hmm. last year, New Year. She said, "Just tell tell him that you spoke with Gene Brown about an internship." I, I, so I, the next day, I called and uh, left a message. And the following day after that, boom, just like that, they yeah. called me back and said, "We want to set up an interview for you to come in." See, just just I just just, just talking, networking. just networking. Yeah. I just went and threw that out. And you never know, people will be willing to help you. So, and I, and he never even seen me before, and he was willing to help me. So then, when I the first time I finally ever met him, I just said thank you because you didn't even have to exactly. help me. Exactly. And he was like, it was just all, it was no problem. I don't mind helping anybody trying to better themselves. Exactly. And they just right. came by just taking that mission. They came for you opening up your mouth, man. Exactly. Like saying something, you know what yep. I mean? Like a lot of people, man. Like we just we just talked about it. That 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 satisfied. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, man, my mama, my mama worked in this place thirty years. I'm gonna go get the same job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I, I'm gonna go do the same thing. I'm, I'm gonna work somewhere thirty years, and you build somebody else's empire, not exactly. your own. So when you pass away, what your kids gonna say? Oh man, we got life. We got a life insurance policy. But, but, it, but what, what did you teach them? You know what exactly. I mean? You know what I mean? So, uh, man, it's a lot of Black Panther, man. It stood out to me so much when. Uh, have you saw Black Panther? Yeah, I had I had it in my notes. I was gonna ask you oh, about okay, it. Okay, okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. But it's a lie, man. And uh, T'Challa told his daddy that he missed him. You know, he mm-hmm. was like, he's like I, "I need you." You know, and he said uh, his his dad was like, um, "If if I left that world and you felt like you still needed me, then my job wasn't done. I mean, that I didn't do my job correct." Mm-hmm. And that hit me, man, because you know, it's a lot of parents out here. You know, like you know, like even. People, period. Like your parents pass away or something. Like, man, I, I still feel like I need my parent. But if your parent laid that groundwork, man, you are gonna take up whatever exactly. left off it. You know what I mean? Exactly. You gonna, gonna, gonna take it up and run with yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, you know, since we're talking about that, it was it was a dope movie, man. I, I really liked it. And yeah. um, to me, I didn't look really look at Killmonger as a as a, as villain. a villain. To me, because he was like a, a young black kid, father was taken away from him. Killmonger was like us. Like yeah. like the American black man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that movie. I feel like it, I feel like the movie was about an African American versus an African because like even with us, you know, like people might people might people been telling me for the longest, oh, Africans don't like don't like Africans American. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they don't they don't like us stuff. But we want the same. You know what I mean? But we yeah we might be different over here because we 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 more like uh I well I, I said we more caught up in like the modern world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like Killmonger, man. He just wanted to find out who he was. He just wanted to be accepted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, and even with that, that's the first time I seen a villain where we where we saw his backstory in like two to three hours because like, you know, like the Dark Knight. I really like the Dark Knight movie with the Joker and everything, but 
you don't understand the Joker story. Mm -hmm. They don't tell yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's just like you hop straight into it. He already the Joker. You know, and kill mother, you know, like you see him in the museum, you see him asking questions and everything, you know, and it just took it. I took it in as like, man, he he really just like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I felt like he wanted to help yeah. people uh, people that were oppressed because, you know, after he beat up uh, T'Challa yeah. and uh, he went and sat on the throne, he was like, you know where I'm from, my people wanted when they wanted to start a revolution, they didn't have the equipment. He was exactly. like, what was Wakanda? Yeah. He said that ends today. Yeah. So I was like, man, I, I, to me, I was like, I'm with him on, you know, trying yeah. to help people who can't really defend themselves. Yeah, exactly. But and after that he after that he kind of lost it, but you know, he, he gave he, he just wanted to do too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did. But, but um yeah man, I, I feel the exact same way, man, because like with, with, with Killmonger, man, like, he wanted to help people. He actually wanted to better himself. Well, I ain't going to say better himself, but he didn't, he knew what he was doing was wrong. Mm -hmm. But all he wanted to do was get back home. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, you know, it's like, it's it's certain people here, you know, like, man, it's it's black people that I know that always said, man, I want to go to Africa or something one day. Mm -hmm. You know, they might take that to the grave or they'll never go, but I would make that a thing to go, man, because, you know, just watching that and even, even when, uh, I was watching uh what's my man's name that directed it? Uh Cougar, Cougar Ryan Yeah, Cougar, Ryan yeah. Cougar. He was talking about how, how much time he spent in South Africa, right? And he said that he was going up a mountaintop and he said this woman had a watermelon and she was chopping it and giving it to the farmers and they was taking like aluminum foil and putting it like like it was sacred. You know, and he was mm -hmm. like, Why are they doing that? And she was like, Cause a watermelon is the only thing that'll give you water and fill you up in this hot sun. You know, but here you know, they tell us, well, I mean, like, even, even you know, back to the cartoons, like, when it was, like, blackface and stuff, whenever they wanted to make fun of black people, they showed us eating water. Watermelon. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you go back home, and you see that over there, watermelon is sacred. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it, it, it fills you. You know what I mean? It gives you water. You know yep. what I mean? It's, but over here, it's just like, man, I ain't eating no yeah, water. It's, it's weird how they, you can have two yeah. different meanings exactly. from two different exactly. places, man. Exactly, man. They, they, they make you hate yourself or make, exactly. you, hate, or make you hate different things for no reason yeah but i and i think black black panther man it, it just made uh black people appreciate life more and and just the culture of it to yeah. me it just felt good because you i mean I, I like seeing people or you know some people just try to kill the fun but i yeah. love seeing people go dress up yeah and the dashikis and yeah. everything to me that was dope yeah man, man. just to see people People uh, do it with Star Wars. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yep. man, like I'm a I love Star Wars. When Star Wars came out, the the Last Jedi, I went, I had an all black like Darth Vader. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, right. I mean, cause like, man, I, I love it, you know. So to hear people, you know, to, to see people doing that with Black Panther and to see, I'ma be honest, man, like seeing the greatness of Black Panther, I feel like that should inspire exactly. anybody. I was the same you know way. what I mean? Yeah. And uh I was talking to my buddy about this one day, but I was like, it's it's crazy how like the music industry they water it down so much so they dumb it down and they feed us so much bad music. But movies keep getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And now you got you got black people that's directing movies and uh I, I forget her name, Ava the, the lady Ava that, Duvernay. Yeah, yeah, the lady that did thirteenth and now she got the other Disney movie. Man, she the first black woman to direct a Disney movie or or to direct a big movie like that. Mm -hmm. They have like a, a that's bad. Like it's 2018. Exactly. You know what I mean. So it's like it's like what we've been at. You know, like or, or, or why have people been trying to fight and and keep us out of the light? You know what I mean? Because we we bound to be great, man. We supposed to be great. Exactly. Everybody. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, let's uh, switch back over real one more couple more questions about the music real okay. quick. Um, one of the things I want to ask you: What do you think 
makes a, a class. What's the criteria for a classic album? Mm, that's a good question, man. Um, a classic album will give you all the feels that you need. I feel like I feel like a classic album. You should have a song that is gonna make you happy. You should have a song that is gonna make that's gonna make you think. You should have a song in there about women or whoever. Like if you're a woman, have a song in there about a dude, or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. But it, it's supposed it's supposed to have all the feels. It's supposed to have like um, even even the way that they they lay albums out, man. Because I don't want an album. I mean, having hits is cool, but if your album don't flow, I can't listen to it because it's like, man, I, I listen to so many albums, whether it's Outkast, whether it's Lil Wayne or Kanye or Hove or man. Dave Hollister, my, like my, I remember my mom used to listen to Luther Vandross all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like we would take trips, and she would listen to Luther so much. But Luther would have five songs in a row that was just like, oh my god! You know what right. I mean? Like that, like that was so good. And um, Marvin Gaye, the What's Going On album. I'm gonna be honest, man. I was listening to it one day, and it, it went, it got all the way to the tenth song. Before I even realized it, I was just like, right. man, you know, like it was, it was just smooth, good. yeah, smooth transition, yeah, yeah. So, um, like the the transition, man. Whether if you got skits, making skits make sense. Just being coherent, man. Just having everything. Because like when I did Disney season, the reason powerful bars last is because I wanted to draw people in with work because they already heard work. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, I hit them with work and I hit them with do it, and then I hit them with bounce, like right there. And then right after that, I had Dead Guy too, and then I had uh, Bar for Bar at the end. But I just, I just really wanted to uh, push everything like that, man. And I'm gonna be honest, like most of the times, some of the, the biggest albums that changes our culture is like nine or ten songs, or like a living song, mm-hmm. like Thriller got like ten songs. You know what I mean? What's going on got like ten songs. Common's best album, and I feel like one of the best hip hop albums in the past twenty years, called B. It's probably like nine or ten songs, four to five minutes. Nine, magic, like ten songs. Classic. You know what I mean? Like yep. all these albums, you know, like you got like 10, 11 songs, but sometimes uh, it's about quality and not quantity. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of artists, they'll put out what we call album fillers. And um, an album filler, it's a song that you might not even think is, oh, I'm going to call it a B-side. Like, like when they used to make a six. And on the six, all your hits will be on the A side and on the B side, which is like songs like throwaways. But I don't want to make throwaways. You know what I mean? Right. I, I want to make songs that's like, it's going to like, when you hear them, you're like, man, what's coming next? You know, okay. or, or either when you hear my project, I want you to feel like, man, I want more. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I feel like, with, with, like I said, to, to have a classic album, you got to have the feels. You just got to have everything in there as far as emotions and everything. You just got to rock it out, man. All right. And what, and what about a uh, legend MC? Like, is it a certain amount of albums you think they need to put out? Because, like, with Big, Big only made with two albums? Yeah. Well, Big, Big was so, Big was so unorthodox, though, so, like, as far as, like, rapping. Like, like, Big is the first guy, and I don't, man, like I said, man, I was in band, so I found out how Biggie was in his pocket. Like, like he he used his voice as an instrument. And, like, with Ho, sometimes, like, like Ho, I, I know he got a line where he said, my, my songs will have melodies and stuff, but... Ho would get off beat sometimes. He like he he ain't using his voice as an instrument. He's just trying to say stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like with Legend MCs, man, like they they will get to a point where like they can say they can say crazy things on albums. Or like with mm-hmm. man, to be honest, I feel like with Kendrick, if Kendrick drop one more album and it's good, it's great. 
we shouldn't even be talking about Big and Tupac being the best ever. I and that's just me. Like, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Biggie fan, but it's like, man, you can't deny this man been knocking out the park. And he got a conscious album in Pimp Butterfly, but this man gave gave us like four or five classic albums in a row. That's hard. But you don't think they put him on the because uh, you remember Rolling Stones a couple years ago they had oh, yeah. him on the oh, ten yeah. greatest rappers. You don't think they put him on there too early? Yeah, because they, at the time, they point, only had what, one or two albums at the time. Yeah, at that point they did, but they did the same thing with Nas. Like Nas put out so many albums, but we still talk about Elmatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like with Kendrick, Kendrick came out with Good Kid, Mad City. And I feel like at that time, and I'm gonna be honest, bro. Like I bought Good Kid, Mad City, and Meat Mill Dreams and Nightmares. And I hope this don't come back to bite me, man. But I, I was so excited about listening to Meat, right? And I put the album on. I never forget. I got past the intro, and I skipped every other song after that. Mm. I was like, man, I threw it out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had just bought it, so I put it in Kendrick City, and I remember it was my birthday, man. It was October twenty second. I was listening, and I felt like that album changed my life. Like, man, I was in Best Buy parking lot, like, listening. And I'm like, man, because it took you on a trip. Like, it was like a movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like I feel like a lot of people, they got caught up in those feels about about that. And uh, with the industry, I feel like they knew that they messed up when they gave Malcolm Waddles over Kendrick. And Kendrick, Kendrick was the best hip-hop artist. You feel mm-hmm. me? So when, when the industry does that to make up, they might put you on Rolling Stone. They might say, he, he the best rapper ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just like they just kissing up to you trying to make it. Make, make I, I would have put Kanye on the list before oh, yeah. Kendrick. Yeah, I don't right. think, I think some of the stuff that he Kanye does now is what kind of sidetrack right. takes away from him being a great rapper. Because he Kanye is a legend, man. man he yeah. is producing all. Like we said, man, they don't give him credit, man. Like, Man, it's, it's videos of Kanye from way back when making beats for people and rapping for them, and they was just like, oh, I don't like that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like your voice. But he, he kept going. Like, yep. he, you know, like, my man had a pink polo when he came out back when, you know, it was cool to rock big white tees, and, you know, like, he, he was just different. And mm-hmm. he's still very different. You know what I mean? Like, it took me a while to catch on to some of the stuff he was that he was on. You know what I mean? Like he was on the shutter shades because he went to Japan and saw that they was way ahead of us. Right. You know, he came back and everybody had the shutter shades. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, like with Kanye, man, like Kanye, Kanye, one of my favorites ever, man. Like late registration might be my my favorite album I ever heard, man. Just because, man, I remember even uh, my mom. Like I remember, I had I had like a sheet, like five sheets of paper, right? And I put I put all of them together before I went to school. And I wrote, Mama, please buy late registration. Please mm-hmm. go to Best Buy. Yeah. Please go to Walmart. You know, and she couldn't find it. And there was a guy at the school making bootlegs. And he was like, man, I got that late registration. I was like, I don't even want it. I want I want the real, the real thing. One. You know, because it ain't, I like, I know CDs are played out, but there's nothing like, to me, like being a music fan, there's nothing like opening up an album and holding the album and seeing the artwork because all that stuff, it takes thought. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, now it's just easy. Well, it ain't easy, but you can just, you can pay your money, put your music on iTunes, you know, but people can't physically hold, hold it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's different. It, 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 I don't know if it's a good different, but, you know, I'm right hey, with One it. more thing before we get off music. Um, I was going to ask, do you think, do you feel like for you, would you rather be signed to a label or move independent? Um, I'd rather move independent. And I'm going to say why, uh, you know, like sometimes you might sign to a label. A label might give you two hundred thousand dollars, right? You gonna have to pay that back. 
You know what I mean? So it's like they give you two hundred thousand, and then they will tell you where to go record, or they'll tell you who to record with. And when you independent, man, I don't need no two hundred thousand dollars to make an album. You know what I mean? Like you might, you might make, you might make, you might need a, a lot of money to make an album or whatever, but. Two hundred thousand for one album or for one deal, or, or or it might get to the point where you might be taking them music and they might be like, uh, yeah, we don't want to release that, you know, like yeah. that, this might this might mess up some of our partnerships. But it ain't about partnerships; it's about art at the end of the day. So I I, I want to be in total control of my art, man. I don't want to, man. I'm gonna tell you, man. It's people that sign record deals. I heard this guy talking the other day. He said he signed for two hundred thousand, right? The label is only giving him. 18% of his album sales. If you writing all the music, why are they taking all the... All you don't get, get nothing out of it. No. You know, and, and iTunes already... I mean, iTunes is a certain places, especially YouTube. YouTube is playing peenies. Peenies. You know what I mean? So unless you got a song that's going to take off on YouTube, YouTube ain't paying no money. And uh, to, to have somebody that's going to that's gonna say, yeah, we'll give you 18%, what the other eighty two percent? You know what I mean? Like right. if, I, if I'm writing all this music, you know, and I gotta pay the producers, I gotta pay the man that recorded this project, I gotta pay all these people. So what you doing? Like why are you pocketing all the money? You know, what I, mean? I don't think people think about that. They just say, oh, I got a deal. You know, mm-hmm. and they happy. You know, like that used to be the thing. The thing used to be, yeah, I want to go get a deal. I wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna do that. But that's the thing of the past. Yeah, right? You gotta pay attention to it. Um, let's switch. I know we gotta we gotta kind of wrap it up. Let's okay. a couple more things. Uh, let's switch sports real quick. Now I know you're um, you're a Steelers fan. Yeah. This will part ways because I'm a Ravens fan. Oh man. So how how do you think uh, Pittsburgh? Talk about last year in the playoffs, and then what you think was, was gonna happen this year? I'm gonna say this: If the NFL had to change the catch rule, we would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, we would have went to the Super Bowl because we would have had the first seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, this year they changed the rule to where, and even with Jesse James, I feel like Jesse James made the same catch as other tight ends or other wide receivers in the Super Bowl, and they called it a touchdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like we're going to get number seven this year, man. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like, last year, I think even if y'all would have got home field, I still think the Patriots would have been oh, yeah. just because Tom Brady just, yeah. that's just what he does. Tom Brady got out number, man. You know, yeah. Jacksonville got our number. Jacksonville had beaten us ever since they had Byron Leffert. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always a problem with Jacksonville. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. Between them and the Raiders, and whenever we play y'all, it's always a good game. But yeah, we won't be too much this year. We we I don't we probably won't even we'll probably be the third best team in the division because we don't have a quarterback, man. Oh, Flack, yeah. Flacco, yeah. um well, I remember saying last year, I'm I'm done with I'm ready for him to move on and get somebody else because yeah. he just too inconsistent, man. Yeah, he, he look like he don't care. He, he got his money. Yeah, his money yeah. in the bank now, yeah. man. So we just in the, hold, he holding us hostage right now. But um, I think Cleveland gonna beat us at least one time. I was about to say that they gonna man. beat us at least one time. Cleveland always like when they play us, man. It's always like a three or four point game. So man, you think about they'll possibly get some Corn Barkley. You I think, think it'd be a good fit. Man. Yeah, and and. They just got Jarvis Landry from the, from Miami, so you know they putting pieces together, man. Exactly. And Hugh Jackman is a good coach, man. Yep. You know, it's just he he had, he ain't had the right. It's a bad him. team, man. Exactly. Uh, it's just, it's a bad team. I think you know, like you're saying, well, like even with music or whatever, like you got to have a, the right team, right, like the right organization, man. Believe, just, man. Yep. But they and go out and go out and ball hard for you every yep. time. You know? But I think next year the team I would say look out for probably in the AFC is going to be San Diego. Really. 
Yeah. It's Philip Rivers' time. It's, it's his time, man. And he got some weapons on offense. The defense, man, exactly. it's, it's a solid team, man. Exactly. So I think look out for They made a little push last year, but it was just, you know, they started off like, Start off slow. Yeah, they started off like 0 4, 0 5, or something. Yep. Like uh, one more thing. Uh, let's, let's, um, Lakers fan. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. Man. I feel like we, we got we to gotta bring some more. We got a young core, and I really like them. I, I like what Ingram is doing. I don't necessarily know if I like what Julius Randle is doing. You know, like I, I have, I have playing a lot better. Yeah, man. He playing play a lot good. Better. You know, but uh, I, I want to say when he first came in the league, I had I had high expectations. Right. But um, Julius Randle is playing better. Uh, Lonzo, I I don't like his shot, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I I can't stand it, man. But you know, we got we got a young court, Kuzma. We got a court that's that's going that's going to be there. You know, but. I know we ain't gonna get LeBron, but I said we get Clay Thompson or somebody. Yeah. Come. I don't want LeBron though, man. Yeah. Now, I think at some point you just get old. Exactly. I just think it just. Exactly. I mean, I don't, you don't want anything to happen to him, but you yeah. know he'll be thirty-four next year. You man. give him a max deal, and then he get hurt or something. It's like, yeah. man, come on. See, I think if LeBron leaves, he's going. I think he's going to Miami. Going yeah. back to Miami. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's his second home. You know yeah. what I mean? And, uh, I don't know what what they got on the water down there, but Dwayne Wade went back and he was looking like himself. <laughs> yeah, he looking like himself. Plus, he coming off the bench and not playing as many minutes. Exactly. But I think LeBron would like to send him off, send him off on the right note. Yeah, and I still say maybe Melo he'll be a free agent this year too. So do you, do you I, think, I think they're gonna try to find a way to to link up some kind of way. LeBron and Melo, LeBron Melo, D Wade. Yeah, you know Chris Paul, he's gonna be on the market. He was on. He's just on a one year deal right now. I think if they win, he's staying. Yeah, they win. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But I think they would like to all play together because you know LeBron threw it out. So yeah. it, they, it's calculated, they, they, they man. They all came in together. Exactly. So LeBron thinks about this kind of stuff, man. Yeah, and that's one thing I like about LeBron, man. He, he, to me, he kind of changed the way the basketball game is, uh, the whole landscape of basketball. You know, about signing these long term deals instead of doing long term, he likes to do one year just. Hit the owners over the head yeah. that way. Cause he's a businessman. He's a businessman, exactly. And if you commit long term, they can put any kind of pieces around you. So when you do these short term deals, where you can opt out after a year. So then that puts pressure on them to keep adding exactly. talent to the team. So that's what I and I think he got. He has other guys around the league looking at the same thing now. And basically, like man, if he leave Cleveland, I feel like Cleveland gonna go back down the drain, man, because you you gonna build so much around this man, like like. Even even that economy is based off of LeBron. LeBron exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like you don't have that other mega star that like I don't I don't know what Kevin Love is gonna do, but like if Kevin Love do leave, I wouldn't mind having him as a Laker or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, like pieces like that, man, Cleveland gonna fall apart. And um I'm I'm really looking forward to what Houston is doing, man. Like I've been I've been watching Houston and it's like, man. I just don't want James Harden to disappear in the playoffs like yeah. he did last year. I don't trust him. You don't know. I don't trust him. I think if if Golden State can't get healthy in time, I, I would probably pick – I think I'll pick Houston to go to the finals over Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think Portland I Portland is – with Damian Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic. Man, I feel like Damian Lillard feels like he ain't getting the respect he deserves. You know what slept I mean? Slept on, man. Yeah, he slept on, man, because my man – even – what's the other the other shooting guard they got? What's his name? CJ McCollum. Yeah. You know, like he's he real dropped, good. He dropped 42 the other night. Exactly. Drop 42, it's, like, it's Portland is just a small market. You know what yep. I mean? So it's like, 
I don't even know any Portland fans. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like it's like you know like that that market is just so small. We don't pay attention to that. Like plus ESPN always talking about LeBron, or they always talking about Golden State. Yep. And I don't want to see Golden State versus LeBron again because it'll be the same thing. Yeah, yeah man, they gonna get wiped yeah. out. I, I feel like if, if they play again, LeBron might win one game, one or two games. You know what I mean? At first, when I looked at it, I thought they might take it six or seven games. But if Golden State healthy, man. It, and the, the the teammates that LeBron, um, that LeBron got George Hill, Hood, and Clarkson. And Clarkson came from uh, L.A. Yep. You know, but uh, no, not Clarkson. Him, uh, George Clarkson and Larry Nance. They yeah. both came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching these guys, and I'm like, man, at first, you know, they were balling. They were, you know, doing it, doing what they had to do. But now it's like they just kind of, it's kind of like they fading away because now we get towards the playoffs, and you got people on your team that ain't, ain't been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like they remember George Hill. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, Spurs, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, you ain't got nobody with playoff pedigree besides LeBron. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And we just talked about this earlier about about not being on the same speed as somebody because LeBron know how to be a champion. But if you ain't got it in you and say he's screaming on you trying to get it out of you, you might be like, I don't want to. They're going to take it personally. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I just I, I, I wanted to work out for him. But, you know. One more, and then we'll get out of here. Top five. Shoot me your top five players right now. In the That's what? Yep. Okay, uh. Of course, LeBron. Of course, Steph Curry. Um, Damian Lillard. Um, I want. I want to say KD. I'm gonna I'm I'm say KD, but I'm gonna say Westbrook. Um, James Harden. That's four. Yeah, yeah. I put I put KD right there. James, five. Yeah. This your order? No, no, no. Not, not in order. Oh, not, no. in order <laughs> not in order. Not in order, man. But yeah. Uh, if I would put them in order, I'd say LeBron, Steph, KD. Plus James Harden. Even though James, nah, I'm put, I'm put, ah, yeah, James Harden and Dan Westbrook. Yeah, that's my mind about the same. as LeBron, Steph, KD. Uh, I got Westbrook and then Harden at five. Even though Harden playing better, the best ball right now, yeah. all of them, I still, yeah, and he playing defense. Finally, yeah, yeah. finally. You know, yeah. it took him 10 years, but he playing defense finally. Yep. Let's let's wrap it up, man. I appreciate you coming down, um, talking to me. Dominique, man, appreciate you. The cat, my man, um, behind the scenes, uh, doing work. Uh, real quick, tell people where they can find you on social media. Um, you can find me at TroopSC, like South Carolina, on uh, Instagram. Snapchat is TroopDizza. Twitter is TroopSC. And uh, you can find my EP... Everywhere, just type Dizzle Season D Z A S Z N. All right, and that's for me. I'm Gramless. I need to get on the Instagram, <laughs> but I am on Twitter at Carlos K Smith and on Facebook at Carlos Smith. And uh, thank you again, man. I appreciate no it. We got to do it again sometime. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But uh, hopefully, everybody take something from it. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, till next time, keep chasing dreams. This Cross the Line podcast. Thank you for listening.